What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 123. And if you're still listening to us from the beginning, you are not only loyal, you are a glutton for punishment. But we thank you for your support. We have a great show planned for you today. Both of our segments we started last week, Ben talking hockey and me talking some fantasy baseball. Going to continue with those for now in the foreseeable future. Uh, NFL news. Uh, actually, besides my baseball and Ben's hockey, the rest is NFL news. So uh, expanded season, some more free agent signings. Uh, the Jaguars apparently trying to play coy with the number one pick, even though everyone and their mother knows who it's going to be. Uh, huge draft shakeups. We'll get into all that. But first, we're going to start with Ben. Uh, first of all, belated happy birthday to my co-host. Uh, I'm not going to say your age. That's for you to divulge. Uh, but uh, celebrated a birthday recently. So hope that was a uh, – I think you didn't have to work. So that, that's always, you know, that puts a cherry on top. So that's good. But, yeah, it, was uh, a nice, it was a nice day. Good, good. I'm glad. What do you got for us from the uh, the very foreign world for me of the NHL? Oh, I'm going to keep it simple, Chris. Uh, we're actually <laughs> that's very nice of you because that's what I need. Well, we're going to celebrate a milestone. Uh, Patrick Marlowe, 20 years in the game. 17 with San Jose, uh, two years with Toronto, and one year with Pittsburgh. Uh, is now the second all-time games played player. Yeah, I know. I believe it is. That's not Gretzky, is it? I, I believe it's Gretzky. I, I was actually in the midst of uh, looking that up, um, but I. But he is. He is. Um, no, I'm sorry, Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. Okay. Uh, uh, but they're all up there. Um, but Patrick Marlowe just uh, passed um, Mark Messier for uh, second. So it's a great, it's a great honor for him. Yeah, it's uh, you know, longevity in any sport. That's that's impressive. Uh, and just to highlight a couple of things, uh, he has five hundred and he has has five hundred and sixty four career uh, goals, which makes him twenty third. And to add on to that a little bit, uh, sixty eight. Uh, goals in the playoffs nice uh, so he's a well-rounded player um, success with San Jose um, I don't believe he actually um, got a Stanley Cup <laughs> loser what a loser I, I know shame on him uh, I'm kidding but, anybody out there listening I'm joking calm down but I thought it's a it's good highlight um, he's a respected player around the league uh, and not a not a big award guy you know he's been in the running for some of the awards uh some all-star games so he's got he's got some credibility to him and he, he's a solid player he's one of those you know one of those guys you need um solid role I player guess, a little higher better than, than that solid, yeah okay better than that um he'll definitely I think because of longevity, games played, he'll probably get in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Nice. But, um, he's one of those guys where you look at him and say, yeah, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, but he's not a first ballot. You know. It's like but a Philip Rivers. He's, he's better than Philip Rivers, I think. I think he's. I mean, in comparison, like the Hall of Fame more than this. Like, he'll get there, but maybe not, you know. 
not right away. Everyone's not going to think, yeah, definitely lock. You know, he's not. Yeah, he's not a lock. He, but he's a, he's a good player. He's a good player. I mean, five hundred sixty-four goals. It's it's nothing to sneeze sneeze at. So. No, not at all. Absolutely not. Um, and just the longevity of being able to play all those games, and I will give you an exact number he is at. I should have I should have led with that. I apologize. Um, he is currently standing at 1,756 career NHL games. Nice. And I'm sure he's going to um, probably surpass. Yeah, he'll surpass Gordie Howe. I would, because they're still, they're at the midway point in the hockey season. And I can imagine they got like 30 something games. It's a shortened season, but still, there's like 30 games left and he's, well within uh he's within he's under under 10 games left to pass gordy house so oh, so that's pretty like, close up there at the top as far as yeah, games. Oh, yeah okay he'll definitely he'll probably definitely pass uh gordy howe and he'll be the all-time games played well, which will put him we'll definitely put him in the uh, hall of fame hey when that happens at least you got another you got another lock for a, a segment topic so you're good absolutely there, so. <laughs> brother by episode 125 you already know what you got set all right is that uh all from the i'm, I'm told the exciting world of the nhl well it's it, i mean the trade deadline's going on but i think it's still a day or two away a couple of things happen nothing major um, but I'm, I'm, um, I'll um, keep an eye out over the week um, and see if anything really uh, big drops, and then I can bring it up next week. All right. Good call. I like it. All right. Mine's going to be much quicker this week than it was last week. Uh, as I stated, if you get me talking about fantasy sports in general, uh, football and baseball particularly, uh, I will go and go and go and not shut up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna nip it in the bud myself this week, uh, and just encourage people to uh, not panic. I had my draft last Wednesday, as okay. I said in the last episode. Uh, my team is <laughs> is uh, looking ridiculously good. Honestly, I had a great keeper class coming back for this season. The one guy I said I had to have, Lucas Giolito. He mm-hmm. was the best pitcher by a mile available. I said, no matter how much of my salary cap I had to spend, I would get him. And I not only got him, I got him for about 12 points less than I thought it would cost me. There so I was go. able to go out and get a marquee closer, a couple other real good relievers, some nice outfielders. And then towards the end of the draft, I got some kind of forgotten guys who were very consistent, very solid uh, role players, uh, much like the gentleman you're talking about in the NHL in the first segment. Uh, and my team is incredibly well-rounded. I'm very excited. I might like to add a starter down the stretch, but I think even if I don't, uh, starting pitcher, I should say, not just starter, because, you know, there could be any position. Starting pitcher down the stretch, uh, but I think even if I don't, uh, my team is in very good shape. The reason I say don't panic is because the day after the draft, three members, three members, I believe it was Eloy Jimenez, uh, of the White Sox outfielder, yeah. uh, Nick Anderson is his name. He's a reliever for the uh, um, Buccaneers. Yeah, <laughs> the Rays. Uh, and another player, name escapes me, all went down with injuries that are going to have them miss a significant amount of time. 
Well, the guy who had the best keeper class coming back had all three of those guys on his team. Uh, wow. He and I were close for best returning class. Uh, I personally feel I had a better draft. Um, so I think my team is better overall, even without the injuries on his team. However, it's important for him and anybody in his position to not panic. Do not just drop these players. If you have, you know, that's what disabled um, list or injured list for those easily offended out there are, uh, are for. Put those guys on, 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 on the injured list. Pick up somebody else. Don't panic. Don't waste top waiver wire priority right now. I actually have, uh, because I was the, the last one to pick, uh, for to nominate a player in the uh, auction draft, I actually, it, it goes reverse order for waivers. So I have the first waiver wire pickup available. So believe me, when I'm eyeballing guys like Roberto Asuna and guys who are could be big-time players who are not signed yet. Um, so keep an eye on that. Uh, don't waste your waiver priority. Uh, jump in the gun on a player who had a good couple of games to start the season. Uh, make sure you look at past trends. If there's nothing to go on and a guy's just coming up from the uh, minor leagues and has a great first week or two, you want to take a chance on him, go ahead. Just don't drop anybody proven to do so. Don't do not do what so many teams and just about every sport seem to do, and that's pay, um, that's trade a proven commodity for someone that they assume is going to be good. Uh, that doesn't that pans out sometimes, but more often than not, you end up regretting it in the long run. So don't panic if there's injuries. Look at the best available replacement. Don't give up too much for them. Don't go out and trade half your team for another starting outfielder if you had Eloy Jimenez and now he's down. He'll be back. And look, if you have a keeper league, sometimes you have to play for the following season. Right. It's not always the most fun thing in a row, but you have to realistically look at your team and say, okay, look, I really want to compete this year. I'm going to do my best. You should always try your hardest. But you'd be realistically, if you have a team that is just stacked, like my team right now, and without, if I don't suffer a couple of catastrophic injuries, my team is going to be competitive. I can't guarantee a win. You can never guarantee that. But my team will be a front-running team. It will be very, very good. I have a great chance to win my fourth league championship. Um, so, you know, if you're one of the people who didn't have a great keeper class coming back and you didn't get the guys you wanted in the auction draft, Look at who's going to be available the following season and say, okay, well, I have this guy and this guy and this guy to build my team. And come next year, I'm going to put everything I have into getting these two players and then do that and then backfill from there. But make sure it's worth it. There were some guys late in the draft who went for, I ended up getting Giolito for 47 points of the remaining 150 I had. Yeah, it was a lot, but I'd rather spend 47 for him, a young pitcher, who may not even may not even have seen how good he is. The ace of a, the ace on the staff of a very very solid team, who has been exceptional the last two seasons, is in his prime and doesn't seem to have any injury histories and has a great strikeout to, to uh, innings pitch ratio. Usually a great uh, whip, walks and hits versus innings pitched. Um, so that's the kind of player you spend the money on. You don't spend the money on a Lance Lynn who is on the same team, but is 
um, in slightly less good condition and has had some injury history and kind of bounced around a bit. Uh, he may be great. He may have had his uh, diamond in a rough season last year or his one in a million season last year and just not be the same player. So you got to be careful where you spend your money. Don't panic. Be smart. It's a long season. Be consistent. Be strategic. And I'll be coming back you know, from week to week with suggestions as to where to look for certain players where to try to find some guys who can help you down the stretch. So, all right. Let's move on to <laughs> your boy. No, no, no. Not Urban Meyer yet. Excuse me. Free no, no, agents. No, no, no. Free agents. Uh, not as many this week by far. I only, you know, wrote down the the high impact guys. I mean, right. no disrespect, but a backup offensive lineman isn't exactly be important to a team, but it's not exactly it, noteworthy on a podcast that has an hour, hour and twenty minutes of content a week. Doesn't um, move the needle, Chris. Exactly right. Yeah, um, I don't even know if some of these guys are going to move the needle. To be honest with you, but they were, you know, their names or at least former names. So, Leonard Fournette. Apparently, uh, taking a discount to go back to Tampa Bay. Uh, one year, up to $4 million. I think it's one uh, one for 2.5, uh, and then up to four, I guess, with incentives. Uh, wide receiver Sammy Watkins uh, signed with the Ravens. Uh, people are acting as though they just landed Randy Moss in his prime. I don't get it. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, uh, we mentioned this last week. Why are they not going out and re-signing some of their quality free agents who know the system? when they were only a few games away or players away last year from being competitive, or excuse me, they were competitive from being right. a potential championship contender. Um, they signed T.Y. Hilton to a one-year $10 million deal. And tight end Jarrett Cook, uh, former um, eh, Saint, signed with the Chargers, uh, one year for $6 million. Uh, more of what I said, a lot of players who you would think could get longer-term deals, I'd say especially Fournette and uh, Hilton, um, you know, getting a one-year deal. Um, you know, Cook, I think, has $5 million of his six guaranteed. Uh, Hilton, I think, has 8 of 10 or 7 of 10 guaranteed. Uh, and Watkins, I think, has 4 to 5 guaranteed as well. So, I mean, Watkins has to know from this point forward he's probably a one-year, year-to-year player. Just, he's just he's okay when he's on the field he's okay to very good he'll have a, a crazy game once in a while but he is injury prone um to say the least uh he's had a very hard time staying healthy um so of these signings ben of these four guys i mentioned who do you think has the biggest impact on their team and who is there is there anyone here you just don't get um so so i get the ravens Signing Watkins, I don't get as you put as you pointed out. I don't get the whole fanfare hoopla about Sammy Watkins. He's, I mean, what you you're expecting him to be one to uh, Hollywood Brown two? Um, it doesn't that doesn't correlate. Sammy Watkins has injury issues. Sammy Watkins has never been a dominant receiver on any team he's been on. He is not the guy. He's a nice piece. 
You know who I relate him to, Chris? A little, a little notch above him, but in the same realm, uh, Cordero Patterson. Okay, I can see that. Does he have offensive skills? Yeah. Does he serve a purpose? Yeah. Does he have niche things that he can do to help an offense and or a special teams? Absolutely. He is not the answer to the equation of what's going to fix the offense for the Ravens. Um, if I'm the Ravens, I'm still looking for that one. I'm still pushing to see if I can get up in the draft. And, you know, you're not going to get Jamar Chase, but maybe you'll get – maybe you can get your hands on Jalen Waddle or, or Devontae Smith, you know. But it's a nice piece. It's just – it's not the answer to the, to the, to the riddle. Um, and I, but I do like the Jared Cook signing, uh, a veteran off, uh, veteran offensive player to add to uh, a young stud in, in Justin Herbert, who just lost his tight end. I think it's a good move. It's a good move for him, and it's a good move for the Chargers. It's really going to help that offense a lot. He's not going to, you know, break records and, and be you know all pro, but. You know, he's going to help that offense move down the field. The other two, I mean, I could see it coming. It doesn't, it does, it doesn't really shake me. It doesn't really shake anyone. The Fournette signing is okay. I mean, I thought you were wanting to get a big deal, but I guess not. Maybe he'll look at it next offseason as an opportunity for him to get a monster deal, but they still have, uh, uh, Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones, yeah, Ronald Jones, yeah, in the backfield and, and Keyshawn of course, Vaughn, yep. and Keyshawn Vaughn. So it's like you're not really, you're not really putting yourself in a position to get uh, big numbers to dictate the market next year. So what are you trying to do, Leonard? You trying to just gobble up championships and then go get your big contract? Because I don't. If he duplicates this year, um, like he did last year, he's going to be in the same boat next offseason. Even if the salary salary cap goes up, he's still going to be in the same boat. Uh, I'd agree with that to an extent. I think, I think what you mentioned is exactly what he's trying to do. Whereas have another really solid year, and then hit free agency next year when the cap does go up. Um, look, he's not going to get Christian McCaffrey's EQ Elliott numbers when it comes to a contract by any means. Uh, he's probably not even going to get Joe Mixon money. Uh, but um, I think if he comes out and he stays healthy all year and he has another steady year where he's a contributor uh, and he continues to, you know, produce on, on, a, on a rather good offense, um, he could, you know, he could get a Melvin Gordon-type contract. He could go get a, was... a, a two for 15, a two for 18, three for 20, maybe 25 at most with incentives. Um, possibly with the right team. Uh, but I think, you know, a lot of these players, like we've both been saying for months and months and months, teams, uh, with the exception of, you know, teams like the Patriots who are like, hey, who wants a paycheck? Come play for us. Um, a lot of teams, very competitive teams, who were only a piece or two away, uh, like the Colts, you know, they've been very strategic in how they spent their money. Uh, not that the Patriots weren't. They just had a lot more holes to fill. So they just went out and got all the guys they wanted. And we're like, okay, here you go. Uh, but they brought back Hilton, who has had some injury issues. But he's 
when he's on, is a very, very good receiver. Healthy T.Y. Hilton can be a game changer. Um, and he has, look, for better or worse, Carson Wentz, if they can fix Carson Wentz with T.Y. Hilton, and I know these are massive ifs, is a really nice boost to an already good offense as far as you know a great running game and an adequate passing game goes. Uh, but that all remains to be seen. That is a lot of ifs. That if Wentz cannot suck, which is, you know, uh, that is a, that is, remains to be seen. Um, T.Y. Hilton has to stay healthy. Uh, so, a lot to be seen there. But you're, you're seeing teams that have some cap space, uh, kind of waiting to see what happens with the salary cap next year, I believe. Because some of these teams that know they have superstars are going to have to resign. Uh, don't want to spend all the money now on a guy that we're kind of, you know, on the fence about. But, oh, let's bring him in. Uh, you know, if you have $60, $70 million in cap room, that's great to do. You have 15 or 20 and the cap goes up by $10 million next year. Okay, now you can sign that guy to a big contract. You can make that work. If you go and spend it all and you have a million left, unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you can't sign everybody you want to sign still. Um, so I think I think guys like, like Hilton – you know, let's face it, because of his injury issues and his inconsistency at times, wasn't going to get a massive contract. I figured he could get a two- or three-year deal somewhere, but he got one for 10 from Indy. Fournette, you know, he's... I thought for sure of anybody on this list, Cook, Hilton, Watkins, or Fournette, he'd be the guy to get a two-, three-, four-year contract uh, based on just how young he still is. And he's, you know, some of the issues that he's had in the past, off the field or on the field, I guess, technically, practice-wise, um, you know, seem to be gone. So he seems to have matured there. So I think it's interesting to see. I think all these guys, with the exception of Fournette, are one-year deal players for the remainder of their career. Uh, but I do agree with you on Cook. Cook is a great addition to help Justin Herbert, a great veteran presence who's played with some really good quarterbacks who can come in there and really help Herbert, who already looks like he's going to be, you know, the next tier of dominant quarterbacks coming forward. But speaking of the next tier of dominant quarterbacks coming forward, look, everybody, everybody and their grandma and their mom and their dad's high school roommates, best friends, dog. No, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first overall pick in the NFL draft. The Jaguars have the first overall pick in the NFL draft. So the Jaguars are apparently, even though nobody can do anything about this, trying to throw teams off the scent by saying, yeah, you know, it, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is the direction we're going. No shit. Uh, Thanks, Urban Meyer. Like, why? 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 <laughs> don't don't waste the oxygen. Don't waste people's, people's time. It's valuable. Don't waste your time listening to your nonsense. We know where you're going with it. The, the only reason why you do this, Chris, is to maybe extract some draft picks from other teams. But oh, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. In in that same breath, though, you're gonna you're you're not gonna trade the first overall pick, not when you have a potential franchise quarterback sitting there at number one, waiting to bring in not only potential wins but money, advertisers, all that. 
I, I, I get Urban Myers playing, you know, a little gamesmanship here, but there are times where we can just be honest with ourselves. <laughs> but it's it's like he's playing table tennis against a wall with himself. That's what he's doing. Like it's yeah. gamesmanship, but there's no like it's not like he has the second pick and he's trying to make the first team think, oh, we don't care, haha. Which doesn't even matter because the first team can just take whoever they want anyways. Like it doesn't make any sense. He's just saying words for the sake of talking. Don't you well, have better stuff well, to be doing right now, Urban Meyer? Your team is a, is an absolute dumpster fire. Your team is the NFL football equivalent of the year 2020. Like, worry about that. Not worrying about sound bites, trying to throw people off the trail on something that nobody can change because you have the first pick. Get your head out of your ass. Well, see, there, there, there lies your problem, Chris, because you you don't understand the the intricacies of one Mister Urban Meyer. Because when he was at Florida. It was all about Urban Meyer. When I was at Ohio State, it was all about Urban Meyer. So that'll answer your question there. Chris. <laughs> so you're saying you're a fan. Gotcha. Oh, I am a huge fan. Huge <laughs> fan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, here's the thing. The reason the ja- look, the reason the Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence first overall mm-hmm. is not only because they need a quarterback. Is look, I'm higher on Gardner Minshew than a lot of people are, but look, I look, he's not a franchise guy. He no. might be. I have stated in the past I would not mind if the Patriots gave a high draft pick up to get him, uh, a low draft pick, excuse me, high round draft pick, like high. It means different things to different people. Otherwise, like a fourth or beyond, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick to bring him Minshew and just see what he had. Let it, let let a coach who knows how to develop players, uh, you know, come in and see what he has. But I by no means am thinking that he's going to be turned into Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or any of those any of those greats. But they clearly need a quarterback. Yeah. Okay. So if you're the Jaguars and you draft Trevor Lawrence first overall and he bombs, I know I don't know a ton about the kid, nothing against him. I uh, feel bad for him. He's in the position he's in as good as he is, but that's how the NFL works. Um, but say he bombs, mm-hmm. who's going to blame him? Nobody. If he if he bombs, it's it's the Jaguars. Pro, uh, it's the Jaguars' fault. They but, they they had a they had a prototypical quarterback that they anyone would want. Lots of skills, mobility, arm strength. All he checks all the boxes. So it'd only be their fault that he, if he were to fail, but to pick him and he busted, I mean, 10 times out of 10, Chris, you're, you're making, you're, you're still selecting Trevor Lawrence. That's exactly where I'm going with it though. Like even if he comes in and he tanks, he falls full Ryan leaf, full Jamarcus Russell. Like he's and by the way, I I think that Trevor Lawrence is a much better quarterback, uh, half asleep without coffee in his system. Than either of those guys were at their prime, uh, which still doesn't Marcus really count Russell for much, had a prime, but well, yeah, the halftime of that one game he was good. Ah, uh, okay. Um, that one bowl game that got him all that money. Uh, no, but I mean, you know, you know, I, I think what I'm trying to get to is, say they trade the first pick, and we're gonna get we're gonna get into a couple of trades that happened this past week. Oh yeah. Um. Because if some of the the cost of some of these picks to trade up, uh, 
is what they are. I cannot imagine what the first overall pick, what it would take to get that away from the Jaguars right now, considering what the three pick cost. But say, for instance, okay, the Jaguars trade with just for say the Patriots offer them the next five first round picks and they trade, right? Patriots take Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> he's a superstar. He's everything he's people anticipated him being. Leads the Patriots to five more Super Bowls, whatever. You know, uh, and the Jaguars are still sitting there trying to find their franchise quarterback a decade after he's drafted when they could have had him. People would never live that down. No. Look at look at the Bears. The Bears gave up an arm and a leg to move up to take Mitchell Trubisky. By the way, they were a third, and they moved to have an arm and a leg to move up one spot of the San Fran who wasn't taking a quarterback uh, to get Mitchell Trubisky. Meanwhile, uh, the Chiefs and Texans stayed where they were and got Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Now, I know whatever, you know, whatever isn't happening off the field is or isn't happening off the field with Deshaun Watson at the moment. Aside, um, on the field, he's had more success. So the Bears still can't live that down. If they had stayed at three... And not giving up at all that, and still it still took uh, Mitch Trubisky. It wouldn't have been nearly as bad. No, because they didn't move to take a less than player. They just drafted wrong. If the Jaguars take what is almost universally believed to be the best quarterback prospect of the last ten years, at least 10, 12 years. Ten years. So that would be Andrew Luck. Maybe? Andrew Luck would. You could have an yeah. It, the argument would be between because you you can't count Patrick Mahomes because there was a lot of red flags as far as uh, on the field ability, offensive play. Not I, I think you pointed out before uh, he didn't take a snap under the center. But as far as like raw ability. It would be probably Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, Dude, Hyde. There's only, in my lifetime, two guys I can remember having the hype coming out of college that, uh, that, that Trevor Lawrence has who ended up panning out, and one of them far more than the other, and that's Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. I know there was debate whether the Colts were going to take Manning or Lee first, but Manning was pretty clearly the guy. And there's a lot of guys who had hype and didn't pan out, but those two panned out. And Andrew Luck, for you know whatever happened in the end of his career with some injuries, it's unfortunate. But look, he was awesome when he was on the field and healthy. I mean, I, I've been we've been kind of I've been kind of you know beating around a bush here for a few minutes, but at the end of the day, if the Jaguars take who's universally thought to be the best quarterback prospect, arguably in, in almost a decade, and one of the top two or three in the past couple of decades, and he bombs, no one's going to blame them because they didn't move. They drafted the guy who's universally thought to be the best, and it didn't work out. It just didn't work out. If they trade that pick, (laughs) and he is what everybody thinks he can be, they will never live it down. That's why they don't trade the pick. That's why they're taking Trevor Lawrence. 
It's like when when the Texans drafted Mario Williams, they had him pretty much signed under contract by draft day. Yeah. It's like there's there's no offense to there would be no offense to anybody to say, okay, we're working on a, a contract with Trevor Lawrence, and you know, two weeks before the draft, we have the you know an agreement. I don't know if there's a certain time frame they're allowed to sign the agreement, but you know. They're gonna. He's gonna go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, outside of a bonehead move by this organization, and I don't believe the owner, um, which the name escapes me right now. Jaguars. Oh yeah, Shad Khan, right? Shad Khan, yeah. Like, like, I, I can't see him not drafting Trevor Lawrence. So. It, it's like you said. I think you put it perfectly. It's gamemanship uh, on on Urban Meyer's part, and he's playing ping pong ping pong against the wall. Yes, there's no reason for it. Nobody, nobody's biting. Nobody's no. playing this game. So Urban is just making it about himself, and that's all there is to it. And just before we get to the two the two big trades from from this past week, if he was actually trying to move the pick, he wouldn't be saying who they're looking at. He would said, "Well, you know." We're not sure. We might even be willing to, you know, field offers for it. Or, or he would say, "We're, we're looking at, you know, all the players. You, you, you see him front and center at the Zach Wilson right pro day, the Mac Jones pro day, Justin Fields pro day, on top of Trevor Lawrence's. He'd be all over the place. And he was. I tell you what, uh, there's uh, the the article I linked you to um, when I sent you this. Has a photo of of Justin, uh, not just Bill, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and right behind him is Urban Meyer. I, it's it's gonna happen. It's I don't know what he's doing. He's, yeah, I don't think he does either. I think he's I don't know. I, I have no idea. Like it, it's it's I'm prepared for this to bomb, Chris. Not not because of Trevor Lawrence. I think it's gonna no. Bomb yeah, because... I think Jacksonville Jaguars front office not nonsense. The same nonsense I've seen them pretty much disassemble what was almost an AFC championship winning team right. less than five years ago uh, is, is <laughs> may rear its ugly head. And I, I shudder to think what may come from that, but you mentioned Zach Wilson. I mean, people are saying this guy could be the number two pick all the way up to the, I don't know, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 pick. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think he'll be there at 15 when the Pats pick, but guy can hope. Uh, I know you're not as high in him as you are Justin Fields. At least you weren't. Uh, but, interestingly enough, 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan was at Zach Wilson's pro day. And you might say to yourself, well, why is that? Because, you know, the 49ers have the 12th pick. And Zach Wilson's going to be gone. And the 49ers already said they're not trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he's going to be their quarterback going forward. Uh, so... Why would they care about Zach Wilson? Well, it's because now, after a trade, uh, one of two major trades on, I want to say, was it Saturday or Sunday? Uh, the 49ers now have the third pick in the draft. They traded their 12th pick to the Dolphins for the third overall pick. Miami also gets a first and third round pick in 2022 and a first round pick in 2023. Uh, these, by the way, are still 
the picks they got for trading Laramie Tunsil to the Houston Texans. Uh, that, that it's it's really incredible. Tunsil is accounted for something now, like like four first round picks and three second round picks just from that one trade for the Dolphins. So, uh, an organization that was in shambles a few years ago in Miami, now with some good decision making, looks like they could be a powerhouse for some time to come. And that's how that's how you change an organization's fortunes within a short period of time. Uh, but I mean, to go from twelve to three. You trade three first-round picks and a third? I mean, wow. I did, a, I, I did not see it being that expensive to move up nine spots. I know I know it's some prestigious players coming out of the draft this year, but you don't move up to take Penny Sowell. No. Not, not, not for that much. You move up to take a quarterback. The 49ers are going to take Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Whichever of those two is not gone yet should the Jets decide to keep their second pick and take one of those players. They're going to do that. They weren't done. The Dolphins weren't. Dolphins traded their 12th pick that they just got, they just got from the 49ers, to the Eagles for their sixth overall pick. Miami also gets the Eagles' fifth-round pick in 2021. And the Eagles get Miami's fourth-round pick in 2021, as well as Miami's 2022 first-round pick. Important to note, that will be Dolphins' first-round pick, not a pick they got from anybody else to a trade. So it will be Miami's first-round pick. So Miami ends up going from three to six, gains a couple of first-round picks, still in position to take just about anybody they want in this draft, which I would think, doing that would have to tell you they're not looking to take a quarterback. I think I they was, want offensive line, receiver, somebody along those lines. I was I was confident that they weren't going to go all Arizona Cardinals and go first uh first over first round pick quarterback back to back years. I, I didn't see it happening. No. Uh, Tua didn't have an entire season to kind of show what he has. And I think he showed enough in his first season to really give him hope that there's something there. And now you look at it, they drop all the way to six. You're right. It, it gives them options. It gives them, okay, let – it's like what Bill, Bill Belichick does. Let the draft come to me. Right. By the sixth pick, Chris, realistically, if we look at this, if all those quarterbacks go, and I'm talking – Fields, well, Lawrence will go, but Fields, Mac Jones, Lance, Wilson, if all five go, the Dolphins have the sixth pick. They have the pick of any of the other talent that's mm-hmm. left over. And say what you want about all these quarterbacks. I'll, I'll t- uh, eventually, I'll tell you where I position them all, but you know my feelings on Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. You know my position on Justin Fields. I've said countless times I like Mac Jones as a player. I think he can operate a, a high-level offense with a lot of talents. He just can't elevate that talent uh, above what it is. So he can't just take anything, in my perception, he just can't take anything and 
make it a Super Bowl championship. And I, as I related him, I think, you, and you like the analogy, LA, I relate him to Alex Smith. And that is kind of where he's going to be at. It's just, it puts the Dolphins in a nice spot. It just, they can just sit there and realistically, maybe they, they see an opportunity on draft eight when they, they're on the clock and they have all those options and they say, hey, what if the team drafted number eight or nine wants to jump up to our spot and we still have options down their spot? We like what we like with the potential of, of all the players that are still going to be available. And we, we gobble up a couple extra picks. They can do that. That's a very good point. You're, you're, based on the, 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 all the movement the Dolphins have had the past year or so in the draft and, and with, you know, trading for high-level picks, uh, it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility to say, yeah, if the, if all the quarterbacks are gone, which I don't even think they're targeting a quarterback anyways, like we stated. Um, I think they're still going to ride it out and see about Tua. Uh, I, I, it's very, very possible they're sitting there at six and – when when you when when you're at one, you can pick the player you want. Right. When you're at two, whatever. The farther you go up, obviously it it ser- you know it serves for reason that you have to widen your horizons a bit. It's like when you're drafted in fantasy football and you have the seventh pick. Like, okay, you're probably not getting Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, but you're still going to get a really really solid player. More than likely, either the bottom of the rung of the elite running backs or the best wide receiver in the draft. That's usually about the area where uh, Devontae Adams goes or uh, DeAndre Hopkins will go. So you give yourself four to six options and say, I want that guy. One of those guys. Well, and, and Chris, you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead continue. If you're the Dolphins and you're at six and your pick comes up and you can see down the road that the next three, four, five teams uh, don't have necessarily the same needs you do and you have four of your players still on the board it stands to purpose you can trade down and probably continue to trade down until you get to a point where like okay this is the last one or two guys we want have to have they're available we're going to pick here dolphins are in a extremely good position they could definitely still make some moves more than likely on draft day but who knows at this point there's there's two points I'd, I'd like to bring up. One, there's that that run effect in a draft, and this is applicable to a fantasy draft as well, where you start to see those quarterbacks or that running backs come off the board, um, and now you have now you have teams you know wanting to grab them as soon as they can. You mm-hmm. can see that that quarterback effect happen in this. Um, in this draft where obviously Trevor can go, but if, if Zach Wilson goes at two, I mean, I'll disagree with that hundred percent, but let's, let's just play the scenario out. Number three, a quarterback goes and number four, you could see a quarterback go. And then in number five, maybe a quarterback goes again, you could see that run and the dolphins can play that game where they say, okay, do we want to pick at six or do we want to move down? And then, do we want to move down to 10 or 12? And then if we see a run of a position, let's jump back up and take, snatch the player that we want exactly at the moment. On the flip side, 
they can get in trouble. And I'll say this to the Dolphin fans. Don't make make power moves, make these draft uh, position moves, but don't don't do too much. Eventually you need to take players. Eventually you need talented players. Draft capital is nice, but if you keep rolling it down the hill and rolling down the hill, it's not going to produce any players on the field. So at some point you're going to need to take talented players. So I've had number six, you like, let's say, let's say Jamar Chase. You like Jamar Chase and you like what he can do. And you saw that 20, 2020 season, which was off the charts or 20, uh, 2019 season. Sorry. Is off the charts. You liked it? Go get him. You like Kyle Pitts from Florida? You like what he brought to the table? You think at number six, that's that's a great spot for him? Go take him. You want that tackle for for Tua? Go get Penny Swell. Don't don't hesitate. Go get him. But if you're okay with dropping down to eight or nine, and and you think. Jamar Chase will be there, or Jalen Waddle will be there, whomever you 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 like the collective amount of players, then go ahead. But just make sure you get those talented players. Yeah, I do agree with that. There, it comes a point where it turns into more like uh, just tinkering with your with your lineup uh, as opposed to just making the pick and sticking with it. I do agree with that. And if, if this was some organizations, uh, such as Detroit, who has proven time and time again that even if they do draft a good player, they're just not going to re-sign him anyways. Um, or um, uh, Jacksonville, who, I mean, they're going to be able to get Trevor Lawrence, but if they had to choose, <laughs> they'd probably choose wrong or trade him. Or, again, just have him turn into a star and not re-sign him. Um, so some organizations, um, you know, and I'm not trying to – I'm not targeting those teams. This is history. This is what's happened. I'm not. I'm not trying to pick on them for the sake of picking on them. The Browns were the same way until they made a few good decisions. Until they get ended up with Miles Garrett, and look for better or worse, Baker Mayfield, who isn't Mahomes, but he's certainly better than anything they've had the past couple decades. Uh, and I think he still can get better. So, with with organizations like that, I could see. And maybe even the Dolphins in the, you know, the past couple of years before Flores, I could see kind of being shaky. I think Flores has been a complete culture change for that Dolphins team. And I'm not sure how much say he has in those kind of moves. Um, but I would think he would have some to an extent, at least discussions with the GM. Uh, he, he's been a complete culture change for that mm-hmm. organization. And you know, uh, I think they're smart enough to know. Yeah, it, it's fun to move. Not even fun, but it is. But they're not doing it for fun. They're trying to build their team. It's great to move around and make all these big splashes. But at some point, you got to realize, like you just said, okay, take the player you want. He's on the board. Take him. So between Miami and San Fran, we've done some talking about them. The yep. Eagles. Not a bad move on their part. They end up with the 12th pick, but they end up with an extra pick next season. They move up a round and, and, and a later round this year from five to four. So they've, they, you know, they can kind of start putting together the pieces of their team to, to try to be competitive consistently again. Cause who knows? 
there was talk they wanted to even draft another quarterback this year. After drafting Jalen Hurts last year and all this stuff with him and Carson Wentz, that they may want to draft a quarterback. I don't get it, but that's the Eagles for you. Um, you know, they have Miles Sanders. They have some other talent on that team. They made some good moves, and some of the best moves they make are moves they didn't make um, as far as trying to just bring in free agents and put, throwing a lot of money at the problem. Change your organization through draft picks and then add the players in free agency when you can afford it. Not, not a bad move on their part. They take one pick and turn it into a couple. Um, Miami, great move by them all around. Uh, and San Fran. Look, th- anybody's saying that they didn't make these moves, San Fran, to draft a quarterback, is not, is not reading the writing on the wall. They're just not. They stated they're not trading Jimmy G. There's a whole bunch of talk this week, especially after this. They were going to make this move, you know, get into the third uh, third pick in the draft, and then they were going to trade Jimmy G back to the Patriots. Well, I got to tell you, as a Patriots fan, I'm sorry. I don't want Jimmy G. And I know that's not popular because he was apparently the golden boy that never did anything. But he had a couple of good games in San Fran once he traded for him. Got a massive extension. Comes back. First or second game of the following season, tears his ACL, misses the whole year. Okay, comes back the following year. The year they went to the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl. Garoppolo had some decent games, but the majority of that was a running game and a stellar defense. Comes back this year. (laughs) Injured, off and on. Very inconsistent. This is supposed to be a franchise guy. Like, I I don't buy it. I don't think so. Not for what he's going to cost. For what his cap hit would be, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. I know Cam Newton is inconsistent, and he had a bad year last year. I'd much rather take a chance on a one-year deal with Cam Newton. And if he comes out again this year and sucks, you can move on. And you still have the rest of the talent around him to, to, to throw another quarterback at and say, okay, we can make it work with you. I don't think Garoppolo is the guy. And anybody who thinks that Kyle Shanahan is sold on the fact Garoppolo is the guy is fooling themselves. You don't trade up to the three-pick with the nature of this draft being what it is if you're not taking a quarterback. And do, do I need to remind people? They already tried trading him this season, offseason. Yeah. They had deep conversation with the Minnesota Vikings about sending Garoppolo and a first-round pick and a first-round pick. That's how sure they were he wasn't the guy. They were going to send Garoppolo and a first-round pick to the Minnesota Vikings for Kirk freaking Cousins. Captain inconsistency. They were going to send all of that just because they thought Cousins was that much of an upgrade over Garoppolo. And you're going to tell me they're not moving up from 2-3 <laughs> for a quarterback? There's no way. There's no way. Garoppolo is not the future of this team. No, and you're, you're right. I. There's only one reason you make this kind of move, Chris, and that's for a quarterback, especially – you can debate on the level of abilities for all these quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence. Um, they're all going to have their red flags. It all depends on what you're sold on and what you're, what you like. If you like the raw, the raw abilities, then you like Zach Wilson and you like Trey Lance. If you like the production and the competition, then that's why you lean more towards Justin Fields 
and Mac Jones. But Trevor Lawrence is a combination of both. Um, so it all, it all depends on what Shanahan uh, wants, but he clearly moved up because he knew at 12 he was not going to sniff any of them, not even Mac Jones. No. I, I'm fairly convinced. Um, I would say, Chris, at this point, the Panthers at eight are not going to sniff one of these quarterbacks. And well, I think it's going to be that heavy. Think all five are going to go before that? I'm going to deep dive into this a little bit more. I know I have, what, a month? We have a month left. I, I'm, I'm feeling from mock drafts I'm looking at, the stories I read, experts I'm, I'm listening to, it just seems like six or seven, you're still – you still might be out of it. There's a chance. Um, I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but there's a st- there's still a chance that you can go one five and it'll be one two three four five quarterback 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 quarterback. It's insane, but I, I can't remember ever seeing that before. That'd be something. It would be. Um, now nah, I think there's. Um, I think when we get down to the nitty gritty, and I actually produce the one and only mock draft I'll do. I don't think I'll have one through five, but it's not going to be too much too much off of that one. I would say he's probably going to go with uh, either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, mm-hmm. uh, Shanahan. That is, yeah. whoever's left. Yeah, um, I think he'll keep Jimmy for some reason. I think the dollars will make enough sense for him to keep both of them. And then after this season, he can cut him with really no dead cap on the on the books, and that's Jimmy. I, I mean, well, also too. I mean, there's a chance he could be worthwhile once the 2022 season starts, or technically 2021 season starts. Yeah. Uh, it, it, if another team who is going to compete suffers injury at the quarterback position, and Garoppolo is cuttable after the season. It's very possible that you could see, you know, uh, let's say it looks it looks like it's going to be Zach Wilson is going to be the second quarterback off the board. Uh, that that seems to be the the if you're reading the tea leaves that seems to be what most people are saying right now. I know it was Fields for a while, but it's looking like Wilson now. Zach Wilson will be a starter at San Fran. He comes out, wins a starting role, has four or five really good games to start the season. Looks like Justin Herbert did last year. You could see Garoppolo traded before the deadline because he can be cut rather chiefly following next season. And if a team needs a quarterback, better than nothing. Yeah. So. And, I, and I understand the Jets are number number two, right? Yes. So I understand that they're probably sold on Sam Darnold. Just remember, there is plenty of time left for a team to jump up. And I'll bring up the Panthers. Maybe they feel like they need to – they want to upgrade. It, there, there's a lot of chirping coming out of Carolina that they want to upgrade. It is distinctly <laughs> possible that they could jump up to number two from eight. It won't be, it may not be as cost prohibited as the Niners jumping from 12 to three, but it'll cost them something. And they if could I, jump up and get them. I get a, either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. If I'm the New York Jets, and I'm all kidding aside because I know I'm like a joke right there, but if I was the New York Jets, 
and the Panthers come to me and say, hey, we want the two-pick. Huh. Well, there's only one thing I tell them back. What's that? That's fine. Send Mr. McCaffrey our way. You can have the two-pick. So, uh, you know, and it might not even be that. It might be seeing as he's going into his fifth season as they're running back with some tread on his tires. Uh, it may be McCaffrey. It may be another one down the road. So I would definitely, I would definitely want something extra with that. Sure. Especially from the Jets now. The Jets have the upside of a second first-round pick. Yes. So they could absolutely get over the fact that they don't need to take that eighth pick from the Panthers, but I would try to get that eighth pick. But if I can't, I'll do what you do. Get, give me CMC. Give me a, a future number one, whether it be next year or the year after. Yep. Well, they're going to, you know, they weren't that great with Bridgewater this year. So with a rookie quarterback, I can't imagine him, especially without McCaffrey and don't have Mike Davis anymore. He signed elsewhere. McCaffrey's backup. So I can, I can see them saying, Hey, you know what? Give us your 2022 first round pick because realistically they're probably going to be a four and 12, five and 11 team. So it's going to be another top 10 pick, if not higher. So absolutely. If I were the Jets, you land, you land the best, most explosive player in the NFL. And a future first for a player you really weren't sure on. And then you have, let me tell you something, Sam Darnold's a lot better quarterback with McCaffrey standing behind him and Mackay Becton on the line protecting him with some of the receivers they got this year than he ever was under Adam Gase. And then you can so, still you still have the late first-round pick that you can pick up a, a player. Sure. Like I said, like I said, watch this draft. If yeah, if those quarterbacks go one through five or one through six or even one through seven, mm-hmm. that talent is pushing down in the draft. Oh yeah, and there's always one or two players in the twenties that uh, are reaches from the top of the second round and pulled at the first round, uh, just because you know. I'll be honest, Lamar Jackson could have slipped to the second round. But he was drafted in the first round to have that fifth-year option. So it is completely plausible that you could have a second-round pick in the first round. And that talent, that talent is up and down that draft, keeps getting depressed. So you're the you're the Jets. You're in a prime position right there. I know I know they're not part of this trade and they're not part. Of, but they're in a prime position right now to make moves, especially after that trade of Miami, who was, are they going to get a quarterback? Do they want a quarterback? Now you have a team where 98% sure is going to want a quarterback. Now you have two teams in the top three that are pretty dead set on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And we can start checking the boxes off the other teams that want one. You know, number four, we're looking at the Atlanta Falcons. Do you think they want their uh, heir apparent? Absolutely. They, I would, I would they, if I were them. Right. And do they want to go Trey Lance, who might need a year or two? Do they want to go Justin Fields, who might not need a year or two, but could sit a year? Like, there's options there. And oh, they're, now, in, they're in a very good spot, yeah. So just pay attention to the tea leaves and, and look at what projections are. I understand the projections, but – that talent starts going off the board that is not slotted there. 
Because if you look at experts, um, top players in the draft, it is always different than their mock drafts because some talented players aren't drafted till mid of the ra- mid of the, yeah, middle of the team pack. needs. Yeah. It's team needs. Yep. And, and, and that's not just particular to quarterback because someone's going to take pennies as well. And it's whether you think of him or not uh, uh, on the opt out, he's going to be a top 10 pick and in a normal year, he'd probably be the second pick. I don't make, I'm going to make a, a, a bold prediction here. Shoot. Uh, I don't know if it's it's draft day, but I think it's going to be before draft day. I think the Jets move that two pick, I, I and agree. I think I think they get a haul haul back for it, and they can fleece a team that, like you said, is now looking at the top four picks, saying three of those four are guaranteed that they want a quarterback. San Fran's not moving, Jacksonville's not moving, uh, and if Jacksonville moves from Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be for a record number of first round picks. That won't happen. Falcons are definitely taking a quarterback at four. And if they move, if the, if the Falcons move, they're moving to a team that wants a quarterback. Right. So even if the Falcons don't want a quarterback. Exactly. If they're happy with Matt Ryan and they're going to trade, then they're going to trade and, and a team coming in is going to want a quarterback, whether it be maybe it's the Panthers. Uh, I don't see it happening, but the Saints jump up some way, somehow, and make the money work, jump up and get one of these quarterbacks uh, with that pick. It, it'd be insane, but it could happen. Well, the thing is, anybody anybody you're talking like the Saints moving up, it has to include a good player. Right. It, it'd have to include somebody like a Michael Thomas. I know that sounds crazy, but it would have to to move up because you just don't have the draft capital besides that. So – uh, I think the Jets move that pick to a team that wants a quarterback and sees that you very well could, uh, if somebody else were to get that two pick, see one through five, the top quarterbacks in the draft go, and then you're out of luck. You're you're getting a a, a development project, essentially, right. where it may or may not pan out. So I think the Jets move it. Uh, I think I have no idea to who, truthfully. I mean, there's certain teams, obviously, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Kansas City or Baltimore or – or Arizona, uh, they certainly wouldn't, for all the money and our players in the world, trade it to New England. So that's not a possibility. Buffalo doesn't need it. So I mean, just could do a little research and kind of look into teams that could move up and take it. Right. Um, but uh, I don't think it's beyond possibility to have a Washington move up and, and go for their guy if they have the talent. But that's something we'll look into, and uh, maybe we'll have a little segment next week where we look at. Uh, with the draft on uh, on the horizon, yeah, it's right there. Uh, about about a month away now. Um, maybe next week on the show we'll we'll look at the top ten picks and see, you know, who we think could move into that spot if that team were to trade. So we'll we'll have that for you next week. I don't think Ben has any objection to that. No, anytime draft talks related. I know I know Ben's pretty much in. So <laughs> I don't I don't think I got to do too much convincing there. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're anything else, are you all set? Uh, I thought we were going to discuss one thing. Uh, who won the deals? That's correct. I have to say the Dolphins, personally. I think Miami. You know, I, I, I'm going a little outside the box. I think the Eagles won this. Really? They dropped down, what was it, six spots? 
Yeah, 12 to 6. Oh, yeah, excuse me. Dropped, 6 to 6 12. to 12. They dropped down six spots and picked up a first-round pick uh, 2022. Yeah, 2022. So I'm trying not to make it all about money, but you drop from 12, 6 to 12, that's huge dollars off that first overall pick. No, you and, know, that's a good point. That's a good point. And it still opens the door for them at 12 to make – this is a team. The Eagles are a team. Um, what the Dolphins were doing like last year and the year before. It's okay. You want to manage your money. You you know you're in, as we put it, cap hell, mm-hmm. and you need to get out of it. Well, how do you get out of it? You take that that first round pick and you trade it down and you get that draft capital for next year's. So that way, when you do have the money freed up, when all your dead cap's gone, then you can spend the money. So it makes sense for them to drop down six spots. Even if, even if let's say New England calls up Philly at, and New England's at 15 and, and Philly's at 12. If I'm, I'm Howie Roseman, I pick up that call and say, okay, Bill, what, what are we looking at? What do, what do you want to do? I try to make that deal happen because now I'm dropping down three more spots. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up, maybe I pick up a second round pick. Maybe I pick up a third round pick. It doesn't really matter how much it is. I'm just... Um, acquiring asset, a uh, draft capital for future use, whether it be in 2022 or 2023 to move up in the draft. I'll have the draft, I'll have the draft capital and I'll have the cap space to make that move. And I think it's a good move by the Eagles to do this kind of, kind of draft manipulation because they need to do this. They almost, I hate to say this, they're almost required to do it again and maybe one more time after that. They really should try to get themselves out of the first round pick, uh, first round altogether, but they need to do it intelligently and get the right kind of deals to get out of the first round, acquire the first round, second round talent for either this year or the first round, second round talent next year when they have kind of, when they kind of know what they have. Right. Because they're still, they're still kind of murky on Jalen Hurts. They're still murky on what they're going to do, what they are. And I think it makes sense for them to kind of say, hey, let's take, let's take this year and kind of just reset, almost like what New England did. Uh, kind of what Jacksonville did, but only talent-wise, they didn't have cap issues. But it, it almost makes sense to just take take a couple steps back and just reassess what we're what we're about and go full force on it when we know we have a good plan in place and we know Jalen Hurts is the answer or maybe they figured out next year's you know first overall pick quarterback if that is the case is the guy and they're in a position to get him so that's that's where I'm, I'm sitting at. Everything you just said uh, makes total sense. I, I agree with it. Um, I, I do think that is smart for a team that is not in great uh, cap position this year to cheapen, uh, lessen the hit uh, this year and maybe trade with a team who might have a lower first-round pick next year and wants to pick this year. Uh, that way they can kind of push it off to when they will have more cap room because – Wentz is off the books after this year, the way that right. trade went down. All right. his dead cap is on this year. They're free of him 
next season. They can do a lot more next season. So I agree with that. Having said that, I still say Miami. It's very close, though, uh, only because, look, there's a lot of talk going in. Do they want a quarterback? Um, Tua, is he the guy? Which I think they'd be dumb to move on from Tua. I know they had the third pick. Just don't move on from him just for the sake of getting a shiny new toy and saying, oh, Tua is not the guy. He showed some really good things last year, and he struggled at times. There was no, uh, you know, um, there was no training camp. He was coming off an injury. The kid needs a fair shake. And that's a team that still, despite some of his struggles, was very competitive and looked heads and shoulders better than they did the previous season and especially two years ago. So I think they made a great move. They showed Tua, hey, we're not, we're not, you know, by moving from, from 3 to 12, then I go from 12 to 6, they picked up a lot of value pick-wise. Yeah. yeah. And and have cap room to do stuff with that. It can still potentially get the best receiver in the draft at six for Tua. Uh, and they have another first-round pick they can go after a running back later on in the first round. Like, this is a team that put themselves in a perfect position. And if they didn't necessarily have to have who was at three, they picked up all that extra cap equity, the draft equity, and pay a, a three-spot cheaper yep. uh, um, fee for, for the rookie contract coming in because it's a scaled system. So I say the Dolphins only because they're a team that's already in good shape that just put themselves in a insanely good position. Um, Eagles, very, very smart move, and they could still do more with it, but I just think they have – they have – the Eagles are like the, the team you have on Madden that should be good, but you just can't figure out why you're not winning. Oh, we got receivers. We got a guy who was an all-star quarterback. We got a good, you know, we got good offensive lineman. Just doesn't mesh for some reason. So they have to do some searching within and say, okay, these guys might be fan favorites, but they're not the answer. We're going to have cap space next season. Let's just take 2021 as a loss. Not tank, but we know we're not going to compete. Develop Jalen Hurts. You know, see what Miles Sanders has. Keep him healthy. And really focus on turning this franchise around in 2022. The Dolphins? Are ready to win now. Yeah, and if if we were if the context was that the Eagles weren't in this cap crunch, uh, I would say this would be a, a dumb move by the Eagles because they need talent. But because they're in that cap crunch, I think that that pushes it from a dumb move to a highly intelligent move. And if, again, if the Eagles weren't in that cap crunch, then the only team that would win out in this deal is the Miami Dolphins. Because, and it's funny that neither of us picked the Niners because they're the ones that jumped up the most. Yeah, no, I don't, yeah. It's simply because of one thing. They swung and missed on Jimmy G. And that's crazy because how much chatter was there about the Patriots – didn't get enough for Jimmy G. And now X, X number of years later, they're talking about moving on from him for something better because he's just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find it, I find it interesting that neither of us picked them, even though they're the team that's making the most aggressive move, but this could be an aggressive move out of desperation by Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I don't want to say they're in the hot seat, but let's be real. 
They had a Super Bowl team. And what have they done since? Lost several key players, lost a defensive coordinator that got them there and held that team together when it was, you know, popsicle sticks and band-aids last year. Um, didn't hit on their quarterback. Have inconsistent running backs who are talented but can't stay healthy. I mean, this team went from Super Bowl to, oof, it can all unravel really quick. If you don't, if you don't keep the foundation strong, it can unravel real quick. Again, I'm a homer, whatever. Look at the Patriots. They dominated for years and years and years. Had one seven and nine season, by the way. Not even awful. They weren't a one win team. They were seven and nine, despite a lot of things working against them, as there was with a lot of teams, you know, whatever. Right. right. And now, I mean, look, the free agent signings were great. They got to do it on the field, though. It looks good on paper. Right. But I think they will. This is going to be a team that is going to come out and compete next year because they kept the foundation strong. They didn't just pay it. They didn't pay the players to make it top-heavy and without an even roster all the way down, which I know we're not talking about them, but that's the exact problem the Kansas City Chiefs are going to run into within the next three to four years because they're paying these guys top-heavy, and the secondary players, it's going to get ugly. But and, and different story. Right, and I understand that they a lot of a lot of players restructured their deals. Eventually, you're going to pay pay for it. Eventually, it may be two, three, four years down the road. Eventually, you're going to pay for this restructure on restructure on. They had three players restructure this off season, as far as I can remember. It could have been more. And those are all guys who signed within the last calendar year. <clears throat> so right. that, like you said, that only kicked the can so many times mm-hmm. before. You got to pay up, and it's weird that they um, they brought Kyle Long out of retirement. They signed Joe Tooney from the Patriots, but they kicked both of their tackles uh, to free agency. Yeah, I find that interesting, and that should be a note um, for the for the season for the season that their bookend tackles are going to be completely different. Not something I'm pretty sure quarterbacks don't like. I am not an expert on quarterbacks; never was one. But I can't imagine a quarterback likes his right tackle or his blindside tackle uh, being brand new in the same year. Just uh, actually, if you think of it, Chris, I think they're, I don't know if their center got released or they're trying to upgrade, but it seems like four of their five positions are changing on offensive line. Okay. And the guy who should have been a Super Bowl MVP two years ago, Damian Williams signed with a different team. Clyde Edwards Hilaire didn't pan out the way they thought he was going to be. I'm not trying to sound all doom and gloom or the Chiefs are on, on the downswing, but I mean, look, a lot of things have to go right to yeah. be as good as they've been the last couple of years. And you're going to see how that front office, who was so keen to point out Mahomes, is the highest paid player in the history of American professional sports. Okay, that's all well and good. It's not going to be any good when he's running for his life like he was during the Super Bowl because you don't have the money to put the players around him. And even if you do, it's a short-term basis. Those contracts are going to come back to bite them. And we're, we've, we've caught flack for that before. Oh, you guys are just hating on them because you're Patriots fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. But I'm also a f- fan of good football. But what the Chiefs are doing is not sustainable. Um, and we've, you know, we somehow got off the three teams that are involving the trade <laughs> of the Chiefs. But that was just kind of the show. Uh, the Kind of the same thing San Fran did. They, they, you know, they didn't have to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $30 million a year. No. They could have easily gone with a lower contract. They wanted their franchise guy. They wanted to make their splash. Okay. And you had the trade 
uh, a supremely talented defensive tackle to the Colts prior to last season because you couldn't afford to re-sign him. Right. And now your rotation is messed up. That major defensive line so good. Like, you just... <laughs> building an NFL team is a lot like a game of Jenga. It's, it's cool and all if, if you know... <laughs> It looks good on top, but when you get to the bottom, if it's all shaky and all the pieces are, are already pulled out, you move a piece you can't afford to move, and everything falls apart very quickly. Yeah, and if you, you're top-heavy, then you're relying on young, unproven rookies or second-year guys trying to play key roles. And, and as you pointed out, you know, Claude Heads was Hilaire if he had a regular season where he was, you know, not, this is not a Super Bowl championship type team. And it's just, Hey, we're building up. Maybe he gets a little bit more rope, but because of the position they're in and the fact that other teams were nipping at their heels, they had to go out and get Le'Veon Bell after he got released and, and make moves to supplant him as the starting, uh, starting running back. And that's probably unfair for a rookie, but it's the yeah. reality of the business is that if you're going to pay top heavy players, then some positions are going to need, are going to need to be by default rookie low paying players that maybe just can't produce. You have to hit on those players in the draft. If you're going to, if you're going to make it work like, yeah, hundred percent. I still think Edward Solaire is going to be better than he played his rookie season. Um, people were kind of coming in expecting him to be the second coming of a Danny and Tomlinson. And, you know, that's obviously unfair, but you see anybody, anybody in that chief's offense. And you think all of a sudden they're just a pro bowl caliber talent. Well, kids, a rookie coming into a system. That's probably pretty complex. So yeah. in fairness, I still think he's going to be better than he was, but if he's not, if the, if what they got this year is as high as he gets, uh, it's, yeah, they were all bragging about, you know, Mahomes saying how bad he wanted Edward Solaire. Well, there's a reason he's on the field playing and he's not in the front office making these picks. So it's one thing to let your star player get involved. It's another thing to let them start dictating decisions that are going to cost your franchise down the road. So we will see. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't know. All right. Anything else? Are you good? All set. All right. We're good now. Funny. But yeah. Oh, we. About 25 minutes after I said that the first time. So that's uh, <laughs> there was definitely some more stuff to talk about there. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode, episode 123. Uh, we greatly appreciate the support. If you have any questions uh, for Ben or I, anything you heard on this episode or past episodes, we'd love to hear from you. And where can you get in touch with us? Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or the website, BCTSPod.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Download still doing very, very well. We greatly appreciate that. We ask that if you have not yet and you feel so inclined, please leave a rating and a review and tell a friend about the show. Until next time, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.